Welcome to the Life Well Done Podcast. Optimizing physical, mental, and emotional being. Challenge plus change equals growth. Growth, 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 growth. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Life Well Done Podcast. No, this is not Brian. This is Nate. Hey, like one year, dude. It's been a minute. It's happy to have you back. It's been a minute. I'm so happy to be back. Uh, we are in Colorado. I am yeah. back in Colorado, and I'm already uh, not wanting to leave. Uh, dude, so. <laughs> it's it's hard when you... I can imagine it's hard because I, I see the mountains every day, but coming down Pena Boulevard, and it's just like the whole continental divide. It's a clear day. It's like, why would anyone want to live dude, anywhere I, else? I, I was on the plane. The kid next to me... I don't know anything about him, but for whatever reason, I feel like calling him motherfucker. Kept the the window thing down. Ah. I'm like, dude, come on, <laughs> put the window. I want to see the mountains. Uh, but it's it's weird. Uh, you and I had talked about. It. We've talked for what feels like forever. We we've had three podcasts before we've got on here, but it. Um, I thought maybe I, gr- I had grown away from the feeling of being here, and as uh, I got closer to actually coming out here that feeling started coming back. I could literally close my eyes and like see myself in the mountains and feel the mountains and the air and just everything. And and as soon as I got off the plane and, and saw just a glimpse of the snow capped peak, I like couldn't not smile. Like I, like it's my mom, even in in a text, she's, you know, I told her, I said, this is, this is more emotional for me. I thought like I I could cry right now. Um, but a lot of emotions this weekend, but it's, um, it feels like home. And she even said that she's like, it's, it's emotional when you feel like you're back at home. And, uh, it really is, you know, even just like seeing you drive up, like a smile on my face, like, fuck yeah, yeah, dude, like this is, this is sweet. Um, you know, we had talked about, I think there's a purpose that I'm, I'm not here right now. Um, and one of my purposes of coming here other than just to kind of be around and and come back here, uh, break up some of the stress at home right now, but uh, was to figure out if I still feel that, same energy that I, I've talked about for years now about this place. And, uh, before I even got to the airport this morning, I knew, I knew that mm. it was there. And, and now that I'm here, there's no, there's no question. I mean, it's, I didn't put a coat on, I put a sweatshirt on, I walked out and I felt the fucking air mm. and you just, as soon as you hit it, you're like, that's different. I will say beyond like just personal, whatever it is of, of wanting to be here, there is some, and I'm not an energy guy, but there's an energy about this place. Like it, it, it's business in the city, but like a backyard is it's, right there. There's something about it. That's hard to define. It's a, it's a free spirit. Maybe you're, you're open to anything, anything yeah. you want to do here. You can do, I mean, you have the business, you have every type of opportunity to do outdoor activity, indoor activity. It's just the people are different because they're coming from all over the place. So you feel less threatened. Um, and you, it's it's a progressive place mm. and i think that i think that for certain personalities the people that come here i think progressiveness is what they look for you know they don't really um if they align they they're open to to change yeah, and, that, and 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 that's the word right because other than the natives who have lived here that bitch and moan about yeah hate, all of hate us, us that, fucking that coming in here right it, there there's a feeling and the feeling is change. Like everyone that comes here is seeking some change and they're like, probably don't have family here. They probably, uh, you know, for whatever reason that they came here, but most people are here for 
change. The, I'm here to, to change something. And that's the air of it. It's just that kind uh, of feeling. Everybody here is, is trying to find uh, what makes them tick. Hmm. Um, you know, like everybody's fighting the same fight is what I'm trying to say, I guess. It, you know, like no matter who you meet, if, if even the natives, they have a different kind of like their personality is very different than from what I know from the Midwest. Um, not to say that those personalities aren't all over the place, but you know, I actually met a kid at work yesterday who's, uh, I won't even break in the cool kid. Seem seemed like a cool kid, but he's dating some chick out here and he just kept talking. He's like, the girls out there, the girls out there. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I mean, there's pretty people everywhere. Uh, you know, like, I'm like, man, it sounds like just open your eyes and there's pretty people everywhere. Like I could, you know, whatever you do. Um, but I know what he meant because it, it's, there's pretty personalities everywhere. And I don't mean that just in, in like male female, like, you know, me looking at female, I mean that in males, I've met so many incredible human beings and that's not to say back home in Michigan, you not to say everywhere. find that, but like there are people that look at you, you know, when I moved here that literally you, you and I didn't know each other very well. And I felt like you and I have become kind of those, the, the friends that if we don't talk, it's not a big deal. We just slide right into wherever we're at. Um, and maybe that was a year of developing. I don't know. It, but it seemed like it was, we always joked, we could have had a podcast going from day one because mm -hmm. we just always went in the depth of conversation and, and life and thought. Um, but it feels like a lot of people are like that. And one of my best friends out here, he, he's as religious as I am not. Right. And, and he fully is, is very secure in his faith. And I, 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 you know, look at that as a positive thing for him. Uh, it drives him and which is something yeah. that's cool. It's probably gonna be a great segue for us. They're yes. close to it. Um, but he never looked at me and said, well, because you're not that, I don't, you know, he always just talked to me, explained from his eyes and, and talked to me from what he thought my standpoint was and just always looked at it from love, mm -hmm. you know, like just always took me at Preston, same way. I still yeah. talk to Preston. It's just always like, Preston is wise beyond his years. his fucking years, man. He every the more we don't talk very often when we do, he always drops one text and I'm like, fuck. I feel like I should be the one telling you this stuff, but like he's just he's he's spot on. He's a good kid. He's he's got a great head on him. And um there are a lot of things happened last year, but I think that one of the draws here is is the energy. And I don't think it's maybe I think partially it's the actual location, but the people in said location. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you're just always surrounded by people that are trying to figure something else out. And, you know, if, if you're not trying to, it's not necessarily the wrong thing for you, but you're kind of, it feels like you're around like-minded people. Sure. Yeah, and absolutely. So it's, it's an interesting place. Uh, I've, I've said from the first time that I flew out here before I landed, I'm the girl I was dating at the time. I looked at her and I thought, this is it. Yeah, and so that feeling has never gone away. And I don't know why I questioned it. Um, maybe cause I, I left in some weird circumstances sure. that I, I don't, maybe I need to go back and figure that one out, but I left some weird circumstances. So maybe that made me question this, but, um, nope, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. It's everything that still is. And I've literally spent 10 minutes on the road. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's an excitement about this place. Um, like when I, when I flew to Vegas for the first time, full, fully expecting the debauchery of Vegas, but like, Here's a bunch of adults landing, like touching down and everyone starts clapping and cheering. Like, <laughs> oh my God. But that's the same feeling I get when I come here. And because it's just a, if no one's ever experienced it, you feel it once you get here. It's just sort of, I think it's almost like endless opportunity. Yeah. You, oh, it's, it's, it's the progressiveness of take a risk. Yeah. See, see like 
if you want to do it, somebody's doing it around here and they're willing to teach you. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing. Like people aren't shut off. They, they want to help you. Yeah. The, the, like everybody that comes here, like the people are different. Well, like, think about They're just welcoming. Yeah. Think in, about, in think about are. Denver. Think about the West. It was built on taking a risk. I mean, people, that's true. People yeah. came to the mountains and they created Denver. They stopped and they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> but it was built on the transcontinental railroad. It was built on, on, on the opportunity beyond where they were at. And so I always think that this place was built on opportunities, built on risk and it's and, maintained that foundation. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we, even, I mean, generationally, you're looking at the style of person that's here. It's, it's a millennial thing. I mean, I, I don't really like that word. So I think it's a kind of misrepresentation representation of an age group, but mm. um, to an extent, um, but it really is. It's it's that young, like twenty five to thirty five crowd. That's like, I'm willing to go figure something out. Uh, and and I think this is probably a really great place for us to actually dive in. Yeah. I, we've you and I have been sitting here talking for probably over an hour now. As soon as we got into the car, it just started flowing. Um, you know, we used to joke all the time. We just have a podcast in the kitchen. Um, but uh, it, I am. Uh, excited beyond belief to just be here for, I mean, for obvious reasons. Right. But, uh, always felt connection with you and I dude, and, and I'm super Same. excited to have you back on here and, and, and doing where it's, it, well, not, we're not where it started. We're at your new home, yeah, which is lovely. Yeah, the new studio. Um, yeah. Right. Um, but for all intents and purposes out here and, and, and where this whole thing became something. Yeah. Well, um, well, I hope on this podcast we, 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 uh, visit some dark places and because uh, as always, I think you really don't, truly don't know what success is, uh, relative, of course, without failure and without error. And, yeah. and and I think that's one thing that you find in a place like this and why I think the energy is so cool. Um, but yeah, I have, I have learned to be more of a quotes guy over time because I think they fit. Maybe that's just getting older, but um, because I'm, I'm less of a free spirit in terms of, of what I've done in the past. But I wanted to read a quote, or I want to read a quote, rather, that I, I keep in my truck uh, and I read every single day. And I think is maybe one of the mo- most poignant quotes in the last 100 plus years. And I think it really just ties in to everything that everyone's trying to do if they want to make a difference in the world, uh, whether that's personally or whether that's for other people. Um, like this, I, I feel like if you could pick the motto or quote for what this podcast is, you could almost put it into this quote, right? Oh, uh, uh, I, th- I think, I mean, I'll speak for you too. I, I will, I'll speak as you and I being one here, um, taking that risk and, and trying to really establish, figure out who it is we want to be, the impact we want to have in the world and taking a risk of saying like, I don't, I don't know what it'll look like, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm willing to try and find out because I want to find out more about me. Yeah. And before you get to your quote, like this, this is something that I've been saying for a little bit now. Like, you know, a lot of people always say like, don't be on your deathbed regretting not doing something. And I kind of just took that step further. Cause I'm like, I don't know what is doing is one thing, but like, what do you, what makes you do some understanding self? Mm-hmm. And my regret is I don't want to regret not ever really understanding or knowing myself being self-aware, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and really, how do you do that? That's, <clears throat> yeah. that's through action. That's through uh, putting that. I made that quote on, on a post recently about, um, the blacksmith putting the sword, you know, whatever you're putting in their mold into that inferno multiple times, molding it, taking it out. Nope, not right. Nope, mm-hmm. not right. Or right. Keep going. 
Um, and I think that, I think you should light it yeah. up here. So there's, um, t- so there's the book, uh, and this isn't the quote yet, but there's the book. I think it's the seven principles of, of, uh, not successful people, but, um, is it Ray Dalio? Maybe I'm failing right now. I'll get back to it. But anyway, something he asks as a, as a, <clears throat> something to work on is what do you want people to say at your funeral? And I'm sure you've heard of that before. I'm sure a lot of people have, but if you really think about that, it's like, okay, that's, but I think this is what I would want people to say at my funeral. If you could substitute man for Nate. Uh, and this is by Theodore Roosevelt and it's called the man in the stadium. He says, it's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errors, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to the deeds, who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Theodore Roosevelt, 1910. Like, it's just pausing for a minute to think, even just that last part that says, to be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat and, and also to, to error. Right. And I, I keep it in my truck. I read it because no one wants to be unsuccessful. No one wants to have low points. No one wants to struggle because that all sucks. But at the end of the day, this this is the most noble person. This is the man in the stadium. It's the most noble cause to be principled, to, to go after it, to be, be willing for whatever life throws at you and, and what you, and it's what you make of the situation. Right. Um, and that's why the segue is so cool because it, it really comes down to how you, define your, I mean, the quote does, there's so much to take from this, but it's really how you define yourself from those low points and understanding that those low points and those struggles and those defeats ultimately become the character of you, depending on how you, what you make of the struggle. It's, it's those, they're catalysts. How, yeah, how you respond are. to that catalyst is up to you, but like they're yeah. catal- catalytic let's go with a catalytic opportunity for you to say i'm either gonna fucking keep going down or i'm gonna take this opportunity to to rise up so so this gladiator this man in the stadium um or anyone who's who's struggling ultimately a low point will be a catalyst like there's just because every moment that you have whether it's good or bad sort of defines where you go next but it's up to you to make the decision on where to go from here and this sounds so cliche, but we were kind of saying in precast, like cliches, they're kind of annoying, but they're real. Right. I mean, they are. It's and like a stereotype. It, it, <laughs> it, it really is. Like, it, it is what it is. It's the, 
um, like the quote that that my boss puts all over the place. He writes it. He goes, "You'll we'll always we'll never rise to our expectations. We'll always fall to the level of our training," and it's just true. It's like, oh, that's a cheesy quote, but it's true. Like well, it's. It's cheesy because it fucking shoots right through your heart. Yeah. And you're like, ah, well, shit. You know, because we all have expectations of ourselves. We all, um, uh, you know, we all, I don't know. We, we, we all have expectations for ourselves. but you can, you can take that quote and translate it into life. Like we'll never rise to our expectations. We'll always fall to the level of how willing we are to work hard for something. And, and if you just don't give a shit, then, I mean, unless you are the one billion person who hits the lottery but like even then that elevates your status for a minute but you're always going to fall back to whatever character foundation you right. create for yourself right and that's what i well, think. that's what they say with most people that win the lottery they they fail because they never had a plan in place to actually execute yeah. or if they did they had now no practice in actual execution of said plan exactly and so they revert to yeah. uh you know whatever quote-unquote bad habits they were living their life through You're still the, the same person, right? So your principles are something that follows you everywhere regardless of your status right. in life. And it's, Let's be clear here, though. If I won $300 million, oh. half, half, at least half of me would be smart enough to go, all right, piece of this is going to the bank and I'm not touching it. Like, come on. But here's the thing, right? So, so how you... Let's just take the lottery, for example. This is the best case scenario for every person out there is that you know you win 300 million you find dollars. a bag of cash right okay but but how it, it's it's really like because you could lose all your money or you could have all the money in the world but it really comes down to who you are yeah. and who you're willing to try to be and who you're grinding out to be every single day and it's it's and then the question then and it's the it's the consummate question is how do we do that how do we create the foundation of, uh, of what, how, how do we want, how do we become the person that we want to be? And you can subscribe to Tony Robbins. You can subscribe to Jocko Wilnick. You can subscribe to Gary V. You can subscribe to all these people. The, 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 uh, was it, um, the university U? no, that's not what it is. It's the positive you podcast. Like all these guys have all these people that are, that are really putting forth these, these really good foundations. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. You can pick any one. You can make it yourself. But it, it's it's really becoming or, or or making taking the steps to figure out not who you want to be, but what you want to be right now. What I'm hearing you say, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is is basically building accountability in the things you say you're going to be. Right? Like I want to be this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, what are you doing to do that? And I. Defining moments is probably it, this is probably I want to go here right now. Sure, let's do um, it. I keep writing these little notes down by me, and, and this is probably going to bring up your sobriety because I had some, you know, let's I wanted to it. talk to you yeah, about yeah. this a while back. Um, I had I had talked to you. I, I mentioned this to my sister too the other day, and I don't know if anybody really knows they're going through a truly defining moment, right? Like mm -hmm. you look at certain people in the world, the the people of that we call successful. And they always have like, well, I was, you know, abused as a kid or I was an alcoholic or, you know, they have, they have some kind of story to lean on sure. and they go, yeah, but that comes across as their quote unquote defining moment. But how many other millions of defining moments were there every day? The decision to wake up and do this, to do that, to execute the other things. Um, but I told my sister, and you and I talked about this for a second. I feel like I'm at least in an opportunity right now or a point in my life where if the couple of things happening where uh, 
I have the opportunity to create a defining moment mm-hmm. um, where I've talked about a lot of things. I'm, I'm clearly passionate. I mean, you helped me start the podcast and, and it's, it's something I think about every day and, and I read and I do all these things to try and become a better person, but I keep talking and there's a lot less action. It was just kind of like, you know, um, confusing activity for pr- productivity. And then something happened in this week to me that really just, I mean, for lack of a better term, slapped me in the face and made me recognize that like a lot, all the situations you're in are mostly created by you in some way, but um, I took full responsibility for something that has gone on in, in the last, let's call it six months or a year, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, and it just, instead of retreating back to old habits of, you know, call my friends, pout about it, uh, talk, you know, just draw attention to it, sit with it for a second, actually be there and understand what's, what's the driving motive behind this feeling, this emotion, um, several emotions really, um, and, and try and not necessarily figure it out, but allow it to be mm-hmm. and, and not try and define it as much as it is just become one with it. Yeah. And, and so I started thinking about a, a whole, a whole bunch of thoughts and it didn't really, it didn't manifest in anything other than, okay. And, and maybe this is what it man, this, it manifested in this. Okay. You're in a situation and you have to accept it. You literally don't have any choice. It hurts. It's uncomfortable for you, but you're accepting full responsibility because you feel like for the most part, you created this me, yeah. you being Brian in this situation. And the next morning I got up and it was day two that I started running and, and I joke all the time. Like I don't run unless I'm being chased by the cops and that's true to an extent. But, um, I just, it's not even that I want to be a runner. I just want to start doing more things that fucking hurt and that are mm-hmm. hard. And maybe it's, maybe this is a product of me listening to a whole bunch of fucking David Goggins right now. <laughs> that guy is a lunatic that yes. I want to have in my back pocket every single day because he makes me feel like I can't actually do something and it might be through shame. But I took that whatever night it was and the next morning I got up, I got my ass out of fucking bed and I think it was four o'clock in the morning, four thirty in the morning. And I ran, I went outside in a sweatshirt and pants and a hat and I just ran no headphones, just me in the cold. I love the cold. I was reunited with the cold. I, I, as I get older, I'm starting to less like less things about it, but there's something about the clarity that you feel in that crispness in the, the confusion, the pain, and I just started running and I thought, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And all of a sudden I lost myself for a minute. I thought, I finally get what people mean when they say runner's high. Like I was, you know, I try to, I try to think about shitty things while I'm running now, you know, now, now three days in. Um, but it, I had the kind of thought process of the clarity of maybe I'm in one of those moments. I am in one of those moments of you can make this a defining moment for you. You can take this to one of two ways. You can continue to repeat your habits and still not accomplish things you want to accomplish, or you can take the risk and you can move forward and you can take yourself in some painful areas and not painful in the sense of like, I'm going to hurt myself, but painful in the say that you're going to be motherfucking uncomfortable. Mm. And, and it just, it's everything that I would look at as a defining moment. And it doesn't have to be something totally catastrophic. Trauma is trauma is trauma, yeah. right? I mean, like how you define it is up to you. But it it was one of those moments where it said defining moments. It, the conversation I had with myself wasn't, is this a defining moment? Is, 
why are you waiting for a defining moment? Why don't you go create it? Mm. And so that whole threshold between those two conversations met and said, do something. Do something different than what you've been doing and see where it takes you. And don't do it for two days. Don't do it for three days. I woke up this morning before my flight. I didn't go to bed till midnight. Not like I value sleep. I know I understand the value of sleep. But I've been looking forward all week to a fucking heavy squat day. And that's tomorrow. New cycle. I'm not probably working out tomorrow. Not not well. Hmm. So I woke up at four o'clock this morning before a flight. And I, I went and got my squats. I didn't finish the whole workout, but I got my heavy squats in. And it felt like shit. And I almost did lay in bed and just go, you need to sleep. It's more beneficial. It is more beneficial. Uh, But when I was done, I was like, yeah, that's the thing you said you wanted to do. And now I feel accomplished. It's, it's been, it's been an interesting week to say the least. It's been an interesting couple of years, interesting life. If you want to keep going back, but, and so in, in bringing up that defining moment, I think I texted you a while back saying, I want to talk to you about your sobriety or something about it. Mm. And I brought up the word discovery, or I tried to bring up the word discovery. I tried to explain a situation that we were talking about. But in bringing up your sobriety, I wanted to understand what kind of, what the thought process was during those hard times. What hard times, what was the conversation that you had to have with yourself? And we just talked about this, you know, off off the Mm. recording and about a situation that happened where you had to go back and go, no, because you're not using certain vices anymore, you need to understand how to utilize the energy. And now you've been sober for uh, a year and a half now. Oh, it's over two. Two years, okay. Something like that. Jesus, or yeah. Something, I don't know. Yeah, so it's been it's been a significant amount of time that, you know, I'm sure that maybe not for you, but some days people that are close to you go, now oh, he's in the clear. It's easy to do. And I'm sure I look at you and go, Nate, Nate has it, but I also understand the addictive side of things where it's like, until you don't and it's, it's, it's work every day. And so to me, like, I want to understand the conversation that you had to have with yourself in those difficult turmoil moments where you're just like, I don't know if I can. Yeah. And, and I think my sobriety is something that I have shied away from because I think I've been nervous of, of negative connotations or, or there's some sort of fragility, right. To, to somebody who's not drinking or not doing whatever anymore. Um, but I am thankful for voices out there who are, are, are willing to talk about it. I think Josh Brolin on Instagram is one who is very open about his like five years of, of recovery and sobriety. Um, and ultimately, most people don't look at that negatively. I mean, he's a very successful person by all societal standards, whether he thinks he's not. I think he he's always thinking of himself as a work in progress. But it certainly has allowed me to be more open about it. Um, the reality of my sobriety is that when I, when I reach the point where um, we'll just call it the rock bottom, everyone's rock bottoms is, is a little different. It was very insular. Um, so most people... Uh, when I finally came out with it, we're like, okay, well, whatever we can do to help you. You know, I didn't steal from anybody. I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't stealing from my friends. I wasn't, right. uh, I wasn't shooting, uh, you know, you I, done I was, anything to ruin was, the relationship. Yeah, I was with very present yeah. with everyone in their lives. And, and so essentially it was very closeted in me, even my family. Um, 
my mom catches it every now and then, like they'll be having a glass of wine or something. And she goes, Hey, when you can, when you can drink again, you know, we'll, you can try And, And she catches herself because there was never a moment in time where I presented as a horrible mess. And so the, the reality in sobriety is that unless you've actually dealt with it or had to deal with it, it is a, um, it's very nebulous. It's, it's just, we don't really understand what it is. And especially for the people that are going through it. Um, and that's why I think, uh, like NA groups, AA groups and stuff like that are very beneficial for people because there are like-minded individuals that do struggle. Um, but you know, there's it, it, in terms of discovery, I mean, I, I look back to the, the days where I, I made the conscious decision to stop using substances. And you always start, and you can equate this to anything that you want to start in your life or you want to change, that the, I think we all recognize that there needs to be a change. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. Like, hey, I need to st- stop eating. I need to stop, or I need to stop eating like shit. I need to start working out. I need to start to read more. I need to get a better job. I need to do all this stuff. We all start at the same starting line. And I will say that, that addiction and sobriety is, <laughs> it's, that's a trickier starting line. Um, you're, you're, you don't have the starting blocks. Uh, you don't have the, the crisp track. Like it's very, I, I, I'm maybe, maybe I'm reaching here. This feels a lot like I would say I feel with my food where I go, I need to feel better. I need to eat better, whatever, however you want to define that. Um, but I need to be more conscious of eating, Mm. but I'm like, but I'll do it on Monday. Yeah. Or I I can, I'm going to let myself go for these couple of days or instead of going, it's, it's a meal Mm. move forward. Yeah, in different conversations, but I would I would imagine that's something I've struggled with food all the time, and I don't know in a way that maybe it's addictive behavior. But well, yeah, the the neurobiology I think is is very similar. I think if you look at dopamine releases with certain food intake with with drug use, I right. think it's very there's a fa- fairly similar linear um, dopamine release, right? Well, I guess even in recent years, I mean recent time, uh, I associated marijuana with food, so yeah. I probably was in jacking that whole thing that system right on up so yeah and and beyond that i mean it's it's anyone's triggers for anything whether it's relationships whether it's sex whether it's uh food drugs whatever it is like there's going to be situations that um we talk about defining moments right and you as you become more introspective and self-reflective uh you you and especially in sobriety like sobriety is a test of understanding yourself um, it, just like anything, you can equate anything to this, but sobriety or the, the stopping the uses of mind altering substances is a process of self-reflection and introspection. So you have to do it. If you don't do it, you're fucked. Like you have to do it. And so you, you take these, these shells of, of people who have just abused their body and, and, and you teach them self-reflection and you teach them discipline and you teach them, um, self-respect and, um, <clears throat> self-control and all of a sudden we see the true nature of these people and it isn't it, it, the you know some people will say all people are inherently evil but if you continue to make like these marginal decisions these decisions that go against your principles and your values like at some point you're going to get so far off the track that when you become clear again whether that's in anything you you have to take the steps to get back to those principles in those values and the things that society deems are acceptable. Right. 
And, and so when you see someone who gets sober for the first time, but they were a piece of shit for years, it's going to take them a while to not be a piece of shit because they've got to pick up the pieces and they got to start over again. And I had to learn a lot of those things. I had to learn about my um, interactions with people. I had to learn about my interactions with the triggers of, of where I used in, in the, in the circumstances of which I drank alcohol. And what I found was really more of an opportunity. And in my lowest, lowest points, which I, I, I you know, I, I won't really go into the, the circumstance, uh, um, necessarily, but we'll just call it the, the rock bottom. You know, I felt, I, f- I felt as though, um, that I could be defined by there, there ultimately could have been, um, a definition, uh, uh like, Nate that I would have to carry along with my entire life. Um, uh, and it could have been a record, right? Like a, a felonious record. Um, but I remember sitting in that moment thinking, okay, this is reality. Um, this was probably the biggest would have been the biggest consequence of, of all of this. Um, that I might have this record. This might affect my job outlook. This might affect my relationship outlook. This might affect a lot of things, but what do I do now? What do I do right now in the moment, the lowest point, like for for analogous, like the cell walls are closing in. What do I do? I have two choices. I either become a piece of shit and just wallow in self pity on this, or I figure it out. And so I wrote, and I wrote and I wrote and I've got notebooks around that are just full of writing. It's, it's talking about willingness, acceptance, um, uh, optimism and all these things. And, and, and that's not a learned, th- I mean, excuse me, that's not a, a, an inherent thing. Like this isn't something we're just born with. I mean, we see, we see devastation all the time. We see trauma all the time. I think that y- you, you have to dig deep within you to find that, that optimism and not the silver lining. We're not talking about, so well, excuse me, we're not talking about things meant to be, uh, well, it's just meant to be, that's bullshit. Um, things happen because things happen that are out of our control and out of our sphere of influence. And then there's the things within our sphere of influence that we can manipulate and, and get better at. So ultimately, um, you know, that, that day one, like you can't use anymore. Um, and in a way it was so incredibly freeing to just say, nope, no more. And it didn't mean that there was going to be obstacles. It didn't mean that all of a sudden I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We're just, we don't just don't, we don't do that anymore. Um, it was freeing to accept that this was causing a problem and that it needed to change. So think about <clears throat> when you think about that, it's, it's a, I call it a, uh, and I'll put it in my book. So I'm going to copyright this, but it's not, so someone's going to steal it, but it's called a genuine self-acceptance, a hundred percent genuine self-acceptance. I call it a hundred percent GSA. And it, it, it is one of those things that once you, you accept or you realize something about you that you know needs to change or you have a revelation about yourself, that 100% GSA is something that you will never unthink about. That means that every time you pick up the shitty food, it means every time that you sleep in and forego the workout, it means every time that you're shitty to that person in your relationship, but you've, you know that that's a problem it's always going to come back when oh, you when you shit. get ready to do that thing you have that 100% gsa kicks back into the front of your brain like dude you know this is a problem and and you're either going to 
you're either going to override that and do it, or you're going to stop. So regardless of what decision you make, whether it's a positive or negative decision, it's there in your brain. So if you're willing to, if, if, if you dig deep and have that like aha moment that I'm continuing to do this thing, even though there's a negative consequence because of it, if you, ex- if you accept that, it's always going to be in the forefront of your brain. And if it's not, then you haven't had a hundred percent GSA. You just have not. Um, because it's there. I mean, it's, it's it, so that happened. Um, and I remember sitting in a home Depot parking lot, like it was raining in Hawaii. And I just like, like, dude, you're basically an addict. No one wants that definition tied <laughs> to themselves. It's the shittiest definition. That's like, that's like the society's worst perception of a person. But by attaching that hashtag, if you will, onto myself, it was like everything that I was struggling against receded. And then the groundwork began from there. And I had, so it was defining. And then now the next thing I needed to do was lay the foundation to be successful. And that's where the goals come in. That's where the principles come in. That's where the values come in. That's where the personal mission statement comes in. And that's where you realize that, you know, I can be, I have these expectations of myself, but if I'm not, if I'm not willing to put in the work, I will always fall to the level of who I am right now. And, and that, that's, that's the GSA, the hundred percent GSA, the genuine self-acceptance, all that stuff is pretty damn easy. If you just let it happen, you just got to kind of submit to it, but then it's where it's where you put your foot next. And, and this is all about, this is, this is life. This is life. This is what we have to do every single day. And you can, you can, you can, yeah, using substances and, 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 and figuring out sobriety, you know, I tell, I tell addicts all the time, um, who are struggling and and not struggling. I always say, listen, you have to go, like you're the strongest person on planet earth because not only do you have to deal with life, as they say on life on life's terms. You have to deal with everything out of your sphere of influence and within your sphere of influence on top of battling with this other monster as well. And so if you can overcome this, you're the strongest person I've ever met. So it's the, it's that same thing, like whatever we're battling, even if it's not as, as devastating as, as addiction, um, that your ability to overcome that is, is defining in itself. It's not even a defining moment. It's a defining thing in your life. And it, you know, you will struggle with, um, with anything you struggle with the desire to use or the desire to fall back to those habits because there's a comfortability with that. And so the question then is, well, how do you, I mean, it's like, it's like going back to X's. It's like doing all this like shit that you're like, what am I doing here? But it's comfortable. And I, I just written down, right. It was partially a question, but like the fear of starting, Right. I mean, like starting is saying no, no mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Or, you know, stepping into that change. And then I put uh, the comfort of staying. Sure. Right. Like the, there's this there's this fishing line uh, with line that you have to step over. Mm. But for whatever reason, it feels like you've got to hike through the Rockies. Yeah. You yeah. know, like in, in like the comfort is so awesome. But you just described like the, the defining moment in words that like I've been looking for, I feel like I felt this week where you're like, yeah, yeah. The GSA, 100% that, GSA. that is, 
such a good way of summing up those moments, whatever those moments are for you, because there's going to be multiple. Mm -hmm. But that's exactly what happened the other night where I just sat there instead of, you know, shooting off a text message and saying like, oh, this fighting with somebody, you know, whatever it is and getting defensive. It was, yeah, look at the situation. What is the, what is the creator of this? It's, it's the problems that you've wanted. You said you were going to fix about yourself, things you don't like being like who you are. It's been a problem for you to me and it's created problems for others all throughout your life. Now, now it's literally causing you things that you thought were going to be or happen. And so like, what's your next step? And it was that like sigh of relief of, okay, yeah, well, now that you've really pinpointed where you're at, what are we doing? And, Mm -hmm. and it running isn't my answer, but like the, the release and the. Yeah, just just doing things. I should, sure. I'm not going to label it running. Like running was just what I picked. It was nice and something different. Mm. Uh, something I don't want to do. Yeah, and and so it's just a matter of like show up. Yeah, it, it's it's accepting the problem and saying I'm now going to show up. Yeah. for me. So you you hear about all these all these guys right um, and women too, uh, the David Goggins, the uh, Jockos, and they have this mantra: just just do it right. Um, and and these are great because they're they're good, but they aren't necessarily the tools to then guide us through the doing right. of it, right? It's the motivational it's, side some of, of things. Some of them are. It's the motivational factor to get you started. Um, but that honeymoon phase and anything that you're doing just fucking stops. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, okay, you know, not what am I doing? Because you know you're doing the right thing, but there isn't that great um, reward that you get from that negative thing that you were doing, uh, whether that's dopamine response, whether that's societal, like when, when most people get sober, like the whole, their whole sphere of influence, the people around them are their cheerleaders. Right. But eventually when you're doing the right thing, those people aren't really cheering you anymore. They're going, you're doing the right thing. Like just keep doing it. Like, what do you want? You want me to pat you on the ass every single time you do the right thing? Yeah. (laughs) Right. We we like that. Um, but what I have found in terms of, of, sticking to that sobriety to sticking to the goal that you set for yourself whatever that is it's a very simple process that you can take through your entire life and i'll I'll tell you i mean this last year has been crazy dude when you when you self-reflect and you look back i mean we i mean we've moved three times we built a house we both got new jobs i got promoted i ran uh several races this summer culminated with an ultra marathon at eight thousand feet in eagle color like i've done a ton of stuff and, and every single one of them has, if I look back on it now, is just a testament of, you know, of being sober. Like it's, it would have never been possible if I hadn't just overcome that. So you can always look back and, and you can be happy with yourself for your things, but for the things that you've done, but more importantly, like how do you stick to the, to the straight and narrow? And some people, whether it's religious or not, or whether it's society, like some people are like, fuck the man, you know, like no, no conform, blah, blah, blah. But you know, we do have rules in this country. We do have some sort of like moral compass, whether it's religious or not, that most people can live by. But it's like, how do you continue to, to motivate yourself to do and not just motivate, but like have the compass to, to fix what you want. And that comes down to, and it works in leadership. It works in business. It works in work. It works at home is to develop, your core principles, 
your values, and your personal mission statement. Because when you stick to that, and all you have to ask yourself is you need to sit down somewhere where it's quiet by yourself and ask, what are the five most important things to me? I guarantee those negative things, I mean, like if you're in active addiction, and it's it's wrong, I mean, but you could pick, well, crack is the most important thing to me. But this is when you've had the 100% genuine self-acceptance, you're ready to make the change, you need to sit down and ask yourself what are the five most important things to me. And they're going to be things like family. They're going to be things like uh, my wife or my husband, my kids. Uh, and that's a good place to start. Okay. But then you have to start digging a little deeper. Like, okay, well, what else is actually really important to me? Because most people don't put money. I mean, it's important, but that's a weird principle to live by. Mm. So then you start thinking, okay. And I picked mine. I always put family first. Um, growth is always going to be one of my priorities, my principles to always grow. Uh, discovery is that other one that we talked about. Um, and one of the next is always putting people first. I have a tattoo in Latin on my chest that the needs of others are before my own. Um, and then growing people and growing individuals. And I mean, that's, that's a, one of the several principles that I have. Um, but it kind of ties into like creating a personal mission statement and it can be adapted for the time. You can always change it, but like for right now, for the life that I'm living without writing it out in a sentence, my personal mission statement is people. It's building people and it's not building, it's, it's building one person per day. It's, it's figuring out what makes one person tick per day. What, what do they love? What do they hate? How can I make them better? Because with my principles that I set up, that's making me the best person that I can be every single day. But my mission statement is to then it's people grow people. And because this is the value that I can give to society without giving millions of dollars, without having a a massive podcast platform, it's one person, it's one person per day to make that one person feel like they fucking matter. And it's, it's one person per day saying, I'm willing to figure out what, what you want with you and reach that goal. My grandfather passed away in August. And the one thing that they eulogized the most at his funeral was that this was a, a selfless man that literally like forewent promotions because he wanted to build the people that was around him. He was very happy in his place. And for, for a while I thought that was like, well, was he just, was he afraid of success? But my, he wasn't, he was successful. He just loved people. And <clears throat> that was in, in, Again, this isn't a personal mission statement for everybody. This is just you what, developed this for this yourself. is what I picked for myself. And so then I go back to my sobriety. That like nagging dragon, if you will, that Joseph Campbell like obstacle in my head, right? And I always think, okay, if my family's first, if my growth and discovery is is first, if if growing people and and, and growing people and and being a servant of people is is my mission statement then all that stuff it doesn't align with any of that right it, it can't well it, it's um a quote well, i don't even know who said it but how, how in whatever terms how are you going to lead others if you can't lead self 
Exactly. You know, and like, and, and so you can use, you know, your service to other people as a way to keep, I mean, it's it, accountability. It keeps you in check because every day I show up at the clinic and I had to teach myself this, um, like my job's not sexy. It is not. Um, we can talk about all the blood and guts, helicopters, guns, like all that kind of stuff. Like whatever, dude, like this ultimately with the principles that I've set forward that I didn't have back then. Like when I was 22, they're like, write your personal leadership statement, your mission statement, like right out of college. Like, I don't know, man, like I'm 22, but uh, I didn't take it serious. I want to, I want to (laughs) party. That's pretty much it. Like I want a paycheck, dude, you know, and I'll do whatever you need me to do to, to, to get to that point. You know, and I didn't have a lot of experience then, but anyone can do it. And and what they should have said was, what are the five most important things to you and build your personal mission statement around that. It's not about people. It's not about being the best leader. It's about because those principles that you set for yourself will ultimately that's your you follow that. And and people know what your principles are. They know how you're going to make a decision before the decision needs to be made. And people aren't going to question you because you continually show up because you just show up and you're like, this is how I live my life. This is why I live my life. And I'm not deviating from it. Why do you think we don't talk about this at a younger age? Because like, why don't, why don't, I mean, I think I just answered my own question. Because people don't do it in general. Right. That's what that was my answer. Right. No, but like, um, no, hold on. There are people that do do it. And, and I, again, I don't subscribe to any religion, but the moral compass or the principles that religion gives people is very similar to what we're talking about. The only reason I don't like the religious aspect is because I believe in a way it abdicates a bit of responsibility. Like it's just, well, God, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and that's fine. But if it works for you, it's great. Um, but the, but it's, it's similar. It's religious people don't talk about these principles because it's just, it is what it is. It's God. Right. But everyone else, most people don't sit down and come up with like you, you're at the house, right? And you come up with your personal constitution for like your home that's up, you know, that it's like the Bible for people. Like this is how we live our life. This is our expectations of ourself. And this is how we live our life. I guess that's what I meant when nobody's doing Like very few people sit down to actually do self homework. No, they don't. And that's, uh, you know, it, it, I, I heard somebody uh, the other day. I got it. I can't remember his name, who it was. Um, he posted something about super successful strength coach. Hmm. And he was like, you know, I went into a elementary or junior high, whatever, middle school. And he's like, I just went in there thinking they're all going to ask me, like, how sweet is your job? You get to lift weights. And like yeah. all these things, like strength, performance, this shit. And he goes, the majority of the questions were about anxiety, depression, and suicide. And he's like, He's reflecting as being a strength coach. He's like, but our job is, I would, I would reinvent how he, you know, says this, and to everybody's terms, like our job as adults is to show up for self, and then have the difficult conversations with the young, the youth, so that we can allow them to understand from, create more wisdom, because being smart is learning from your mistakes, and in what wisdom is learning from others as well. Yeah, and just presenting it to them and understanding that this is not taboo to talk about. We can talk about anything you want, mm. but also creating that from a young age. This is this is the same argument of why don't we have meditation in schools? Why don't we have like actual life fucking skills growing up? Paying taxes. Oh, the thing you have to do, but they don't tell you anything about growing yeah. up. Okay, so then you're you're a quote unquote adult trying to figure these things out. At the same time, you're trying to actually like you're starting to come into this realization. A lot of people of who do I want to be? Mm. Who am I? Who have I been? You've yeah. been spoon fed all your life. And now you're taking on the necessities of life, the responsibilities of life, 
Oh, and you're trying to create who you yeah. want to be for the rest of your life. And, and I have kind of a theory on that. Like I think school sort of abdicates a bit of that responsibility to parents, right? And if parents don't have that, then you know you're, you're kind of SOL. But I, I also think that, I mean, we we do have a country that we've we've had really strong Christian Judeo values, and I think it was almost like, well, what? Why do we have to have these conversations? You know, and and public school might be a good forum for it, but again, you need people who can teach these children what that is, and if you're not doing that yourself, <clears throat> ultimately. You know the the you don't go around professing. I don't go around professing my principles and values and personal mission right. statement. You just execute. You just them. execute. Right. And 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 people show up and they see that and they they feed off what whatever that energy is. You know the other the other side of this in sobriety is is what you call um, and it was a actually a really uh, interesting article from uh, professor at Harvard Business School HBSU or H yeah Harvard Business HBS and he talked about something he he he's teaches his class at the last class before they go out and that's and i'm butchering it a little bit but it's it's essentially like marginal decisions marginal error um and and that is making uh and this goes back to sobriety or anything is that in his story it was a good story it was about he his principle was that he always puts god first so he they had a playoff game on sunday and he really needed to be there but he was torn between his teammates asking him to come play and his his faith and he ultimately made the decision to go to church because he said, if, if I forego this number one principle, no one will ever hold me. No one will ever, uh, I'm a fraud. Right. And I'm a fraud to myself and I'm a fraud to others. <clears throat> and so like, for example, white collar crime, right? It, <clears throat> most of these people don't exit business school and they're like, I'm just going to be a piece of shit. They just make small decisions over time. To yeah, do, snowballs. To, to, to really, that's not the right thing, and it, and then they, then they wind up, like a, like in, in prison for some white collar crime, and, and that's the same thing with, with addiction, it's just those small abdications of your principle, like, well, it's not going to hurt this one time, it's not going to hurt this one time, and, and, and a really good example of this is I went on a business trip, I don't remember if I precasted this or, or not, I did, but it wasn't yeah, on the yeah. podcast. You know, I went on this business trip and was meeting with some senior executives in Florida with the company. Great experience. Um, but they had their like entire like workshop was in a wine cellar. And and what was amazing because of my principles, because of the things that I've set up, <clears throat> is I could go in there just full well knowing like, yeah, it's no different from a Denny's or this really nice wine cellar. It just is where we're going to eat food and where we're going to brainstorm. That's it, right? There was no... Oh man, we're going to this place. Not worried about the triggers or like it, it's not the triggers. It's like, oh, what are what are people going to think? I'm not going to be the only one not drinking here, right. yada yada. But dude, you just sail into that situation and you're like, these are my principles. Like, I just don't do this. And you know what? There's going to be haters out there, but ultimately, it's they're hating because they kind of wish they were doing the same thing. Um, but 9 times out of 10, like your principles and the values that you put forward and you're just you're just stalwart with that. People are like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. And, you know, you talk about discovery and growth, like in sobriety, it's just, it's a discovery every day of how you can, how you really can be, like what your inherent character is. And, you know, it's, 
people drink while it's a social setting. Like we're just going to loosen up and we're going to brainstorm. Like, dude, my greatest gift is to be able to be able to be no different in any social environment ever. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a point where I, I call it the tipping point when people are just speaking past each other and hugging each other because they're wasted. And that's when I just exit. Yeah, because it's, it's over. Right. But yeah, right. There, <laughs> there, there is no <laughs> there is no place that I can't be and be exactly who I am and exactly principled exactly the way I want to be. And, and that shines to people. And that's not my point of this. My point isn't to be a shining beacon of light. It's because if, if I'm set with these principles, I will make errors. I will be the man in the stadium. I will have the dust, sweat, and blood. I will be, I will be defeated. I will not be victorious. Um, but that doesn't change who I am. That doesn't change the way the people that I lead perceive me. It's how, because of those principles, those defeats and those failures, um, are, are, are they're just is what it is. And we move on from it. And, and your, your principles shine through in those really defining defeated moments, those, those dark moments where that's when people are looking at you the most. And they're like, how is he going to react? How is he going to overcome? And, and when you overcome from those things, when you take on defeat and failure and chaos and you stand principled and valued or, and, and hold your values true, that has more impact than anything. And it has an impact on you too, because you got through it. It, It's a, it's a confidence builder. It's a, and, and, you know, I challenge everybody just take the time to write down the five most important things to you, develop a mission statement that you want to live by. And if the thing that you're doing doesn't align with those things that you hold most valuable to yourself, then don't do it. There's your 100% GSA. Boom. You, you don't do it now. It becomes easier to overcome those things because you've set the foundation, right? So the only thing that you're battling with is whether to just do it or not. It's not about the consequence or the what are people going to think or it's just you just do the right thing based on your principles and your values and getting over something becomes fairly fucking easy. Anyway, it's um, (laughs) we're coming up on an hour already. Dude, I know. Crazy. I know. Uh, But. Building off of that a little bit, we'll we'll wrap it up here shortly. Uh, do you? I'm trying to figure out how I want to ask this, but do you do you like the the pain? There's pain in self reflection. Um, there's pain in growth potential, right? That's looking at that that defining moment, but whatever the whatever yeah. the moment is, and creating the defining moment. And there's pain in that. Part of me. I think I'm a little bit of an addictive personality. I get addicted to that where I'm like, you need to be alone with this. So then I mm-hmm. think you should be alone with this all the time. You should uh, do more of this. You should do more of that. Like working out, do more of that. <clears throat> yeah. Stretch yourself. And I think there's a threshold maybe where you go, yeah, you need to stretch yourself. Obviously addictive person, you know, addiction towards substances, not a great example on this because like, well, that's a relapse and we've got, potentially detrimental issues coming up to that. So I guess I'm talking more about like the actual process of self-awareness, self-actualization, the process of growing into who you want to be. Because like right now, even in a couple of days, I found myself craving the run and not necessarily the actual run, but the intensity of showing up for yourself. I slept as little as I can think of in this week as I did in recent years maybe short of when I was working all those hours before I moved home from Colorado. Yeah. But my ability to show up the rest of the day, that fucking carried me. 
Yeah. I mean, you could have, I could have, you could have told me to do anything that day. I'm like, sure. I got the energy. Yeah. I don't know where it's coming from, but I just was, my personality was more upbeat. I didn't Mm. complain as much. I was just more excited about challenge and discomfort. And, and to me, the only way I can think of it is like, you become a little bit addicted to it. Maybe there's a, like a, you know, the the dopamine hit changes its direction in, in, for, you know, in, in a way of saying it, but did you ever, do you get that? Do you ever get that? Have you ever thought about that? Where like, there might be an addiction that once that. you break that habit of like, how good can I fucking feel? How yeah. good can I possibly get? Or like, what can I transcend to? So yeah, I think um, any vice that you get rid of or any good thing that you add to your life. For me, it's it's sort of like weight loss, right? Um, where you go 16 weeks and you take a before and after picture and you're like, I, I really don't see the changes because it's so subtle. But then someone sees you and they're like, oh my God, I uh-huh. barely recognized you. Um, so so certainly people can see differences uh, in you probably before you see differences in yourself. Um, but what I will say is, is overcoming or, or getting rid of that negative thing in your life, uh, fixing it, there isn't... Uh, there aren't these multiple aha moments every morning where you're like, I'm just this linear progression of just like massive change. Um, it's very subtle, right? And and what I found, um, especially with the kind of the principle and values framework, that you you are because because you know who you are, like what founds you, what, what your foundation is, you begin to pick up on these quote unquote defining moments, right? And those become the victories. And it, it isn't that it's 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 that it's addictive. It's it's just that you have a you you create a confidence in yourself that you can do it, right? That that the sky is the limit. And and this is for a whole nother podcast, but visualization is is oh, a yeah. huge tool. But um like for example uh, and this is something I wouldn't have thought of. Um, probably wouldn't have thought it in like active addiction, as we call it. Um, but certainly wouldn't uh, have happened prior to um, really creating principles and values. Um, I had uh, um, a confrontation with a coworker, and I just, I just kind of blew up. I, I did the wrong thing. It, it, she wasn't entirely right, but she wasn't wrong, and I just was like be better kind of thing. Like, Oh my God. And immediately I was like, Oh, Oh, like (laughs) it goes against, that goes against my personal mission statement of growth for people and myself. It, it goes against all leadership principles. It, it destroys relationships. And, and that, that was like immediately. And this isn't something that I've like, Hey, let's try to find defining moments. It's that you just set that foundation for yourself and these things happen. And I immediately recognize like, okay, first off, I'm going to go fix this and it's going to suck, but I'm going to do it. Second, this is a learning experience and I am going to create value from this experience. And those I think are, are in a way not really addictive, but they, you recognize them as like, this is growth. This uh, is, yeah, I'd say maybe maybe it just takes less work to acknowledge them. It and does. so it doesn't feel like effort. It's just like, ah. It just is what it is. Yeah. Like, this is just who I am now, right? And it's 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 also the concept of capacity, right? And we, I could open a whole other can of worms on this. But 
it's it's sort of like the running right it's the it's in in the principles and the in the values it, i'll make it analogous here but when you create that baseline you things just become more obvious to you yeah. um, because there's an order to you're the, clear on the them, way it's right? a very clear and orderly way the way you live your life and so all this other when you've got that in place and cooking they call it like mise en place i think everything in its place um, when you create that, there's, there becomes a, a greater capacity for discovery and growth. And, and so like substances was one of those things, like you're never going to build the capacity of yourself to grow and develop if that's your continual thing, like nothing is in its place. There's no order. And, and so the, it isn't so much of like the, the addiction to like, uh, the great feeling of those personal victories. It's so like running uh, how was I going to tie it in with, with like working out or running? But anyway, th- th- the real point is that you or struggle, right? So like, for example, I ran that ultra marathon in the mountains by far the worst, one of the worst experiences of my life in the top five. <laughs> um, it was, it was miserable. Um, and, but it's, it's, it's your building capacity to be able to take on the things in the world that maybe someone else that hasn't reached that level of like foundation or order um, can't handle, right? And so that's something as like a leader uh, or someone who's really growing needs to be able to recognize with other people. Like in my clinic, I do everything, right? And it gets frustrating when I see someone else who's not rising to the occasion, right, right. quote unquote, Level, leveling up, yeah. right? But it isn't necessarily that they're not rising to the occasion. It's that they've only been able to, only been able to manage so much up to a certain point that if you were to put them in the situation, they might rise to the occasion, but they might crumble as well because it's all about all of this builds capacity for ourselves to grow and develop and and be able to take on more. So like your example of getting up and running, what you're doing is you're teaching yourself to work through pain. You're working through something that's uncomfortable. And, and that's the same thing with addiction. That's the same thing with anything habit that you want to get rid of, that you're working through something that's uncomfortable and, and how you work through that is going to differ and vary from each person. But ultimately we all have that voice inside of our head that says, do it or don't do it. And, and that there is no equation. There is no formula. There is, there is no self-help book. There is no podcast episode that is ever going to help you move through the do or don't. That comes within you, within your principles and what you find dear to yourself or, or what you find important to you. And that it's, it's driving past the liquor store. It's not pulling into that gas station. It's not stopping into the McDonald's. It's not, it's getting the fuck up it's, and doing. Yeah. To me, it's, it's believing that the, I'll say temporary discomfort is going to pay off and be a lot more enjoyable than the current comfortable yeah. and situation. You can, you can look at that or the other way to look at it is to be like, it doesn't align with my principles and my values yeah. and I can't do it because if I don't, if I, and again, this is not discount or excuse me, this is relapse will happen. It can happen. Um, hitting that, that fast food joint will happen. Sleeping in will happen. Shit happens. But if, if you say this was a defeat today, my, this is my, it's not you, you're a fraud. Um, it's, it's understanding and, and taking that defeat and being will, being willing to have some sort of, sort of self-reflection with that 
and and again we can be as visionary and we can figure out what's going to self-actualize us what kind of goals we're going to have retirement all this stuff that's great um but what are we right now today that's going to get us to there right. um Anyway, that's that's my. Dude. I don't know if I really touched on all the sobriety stuff you wanted because no, there's there's, it there's, was, uh, there's dark moments. Like, dude, I'll be honest with you, the craving pains. Like, yeah, shit was there. Right. It is, and 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 getting up in the morning to work out, shit sucks, man, because it's it's cold. Your adenosine still flowing, yeah, up. and and it's painful. Yeah. It is painful, but you know what's the What's the formula? What do you got to do to do it? And and to me, it's the principles and the values uh, that I align with myself that says that I'm, I'm, I'm going against it if I don't do this one thing. Yeah. So that's the homework. While you're here, sit down on the side of the mountain. Be freezing cold, but you just do it. Look out onto the plains and ask yourself, what are the f- five's hard? Start with the f- three or four most important things to you yeah. and then craft your mission statement around it. And then for one week, live by those principles. Don't live by the guide of like the opportunity here or the the girl here or the thing here, or what I want to be. No, just live by those principles for one week. Like, nope, I'm not doing this because it doesn't align with my principles. It doesn't align with my... And then live your mission statement every day hmm. for one week and just see how making decisions becomes way more clear if you always put those principles first because it will make every decision crystal effing clear is what you need to do if you just live by those i love it so that's the homework i love it and for all the listeners out there do your homework consider it done if you're on the side of a mountain i want to know where the fuck you're at (laughs) Uh well dude i think uh we'll try and wrap it up here there's uh i was at that symposium a couple weeks ago in austin and uh, I thought I was going for a strength conditioning symposium, and there was there was a lot of strength conditioning that I was like, "Whoa, shit!" You know, like yeah. blew the little bit of hair that's left on my head right off. But um, it was very much a self help weekend. And I I don't know if I said this on here, but I said it precast here. I feel like there's I've been a lot more aware and more accepting of I don't know I guess what we call the universe, just kind of delivering things to my life, like the things that I really need. And I, I'd say I'm more accepting of it right mm-hmm. now, and just moving through them um but that weekend was one of the most powerful experiences of my life like it's i've been very emotional recently but like it, it felt it brought me to tears listening to some of these people talk about the things they've been through and how they're yeah. where they are and it was tears of joy it was tears of hardship it was tears of fuck how did i not like all, a whole bunch of emotion and um ben crookston was the guy that i connected with just about everybody that spoke but ben crookston led off the weekend and he's the um, CEO of Train Heroic, which is the app I use for my personal training. Mm. And um, he got up there and talked. And he said, you know, I, John called me a week ago and asked me to speak. He said, John, it's a week. Said, so you're going to do it? He goes, yeah, I'll do it. And he goes, so I didn't, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to talk about, but I decided I would talk about leadership. And the one thing that he said, uh, to sum up what he said, was that life is a wave. You're always on it. Just sometimes you're in the on the crest. Sometimes you're in the trough. And he actually had us do a drill where you like talk to the people next to you. What was the most recent trough? Are you in a trough? What are you doing to get out of trough? And what's the crest? And also knowing that the crest is not always there. The wave. 
Hmm. Right? The defining of it's never good, never bad. There's no label. It just comes and goes. And that's the whole, like we were talking, we were talking while I landed, yin and yang. Hmm. Right? And so, uh, before we truly wrap this up, I, you said the discovery was the one thing. And, and you had said that it, it, Discovery is what takes you to those other things, right? Like the fear of what if this is wrong? Where is this going to take me? Well, diving into something, the unknown, takes you exactly where you need to go. And you might not even know it yet, mm. right? And you said be eternally curious. And uh, there's there's so many things that you have challenged me on in the last, I mean, well, now it's probably a year and a half now, uh, since meeting you that have truly opened my eyes and and changed the way I view myself, the world, people in general. And it, it very much is a slow change. It's it's a become aware. And then, you know, the uh, the cringeworthy experience where you're like, fuck, that's not how I wanted to react. Okay, move on. Say you're sorry. Do whatever you have to do to move through it. Mm -hmm. Accept what happened and now acknowledge, like, what am I taking from this? Um you know, I know we don't talk very often, but you, you, you have from day one, man, like you have been a, a soundboard, you have been a comforting, a, a positive influence, a, there's some kind of connection from me to you that, uh, I will be eternally grateful for. Uh, I probably don't tell you that enough. I don't know if I tell anybody, the, the people that have that influence on my life. Um, and so it, it's, uh, it's no shock to me that you and I just got to sit down and whether anybody's even fucking listening anymore, uh, you, you have a very important part of my heart and, and you always will dude. And, and, um, thank you for your gratitude. Yeah, man. And just you, you picking me up from the airport. Uh, that was exactly, I feel really good about being here. I feel really good about life and just knowing that, um, there's just a good feeling. And so I, I am holding you partially responsible for that. So thank you very much for that. Um, full, full send baby. <laughs> right. Uh, steering away from that for a second. Uh, I'll clear tears up. Um, yeah. yeah, dude, thank you. Yeah. This was so much fun. Uh, we should just carry mics around and, and just, just call each other, leave the phone on like Pam and Jim <laughs> do in the office uh, when they're rock. Yeah. But, uh, for those that are still listening, um, Lots of things coming this week. The website is being fucking launched. We finally got it figured out. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, definitely, uh, I'll announce it. You'll see it all posting. But um, some cool guests coming up in the next month or so that I'm super excited about. Um, but yeah, if you're struggling with this homework or you did this homework that Nate's uh, requesting or requiring me and us to do, uh, shoot me a message or post something to me. Um, I don't, <clears throat> I'll throw it out there. You know, I don't, I'm not like a, a followers kind of guy, but, um, I love this stuff Yeah, and I'm not some special dude. I'm not, I have a million plus follow followers, but I'm, I'm, I, I absolutely love all of this. Well, you're in the trenches yeah. of it. Yeah. A lot and, of people don't even step into it. And, um, I'm open. So if you, you can find me on probably Facebook, I still do that. Um, but Instagram for sure. Like, I don't even know. You could probably find me at like, I say you'd be tagged in everything. Like, so. And well, I'm, um, but hit me up, hit Brian up. Like, I, you know what, whether it's this homework or not, like just challenge you to do it. And, and honestly, man, I, I'll let you close on, on your podcast, but, uh, 
I appreciate your gratitude. And that's one thing that we don't do enough, um, in this, in this world to one another. Um, and I'm eternally grateful for, uh, for you and, and honestly for listening to, to all of my issues, like off day one. And, um, you know, I, I do value your friendship and even though we don't necessarily connect all the time, um, you know, I, I wouldn't hesitate to ever come pick you up from the airport, man. Uh, it's, and that, that's, that's for anything in life. So, cool. uh, you know, I'll, uh, shit, dude, we could keep going for hours. Sweet. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, sweet. So, Thank you. Keep in touch, y'all. All right. See you guys. <laughs>